Hi there, and welcome to Tell Me About Your Elf. It's a show where I interview people and the characters that they play in Dungeons & Dragons and other tabletop role-playing games. Today's guest is Sergio Talavera, and Sergio, why don't you tell me about your elf? Well, she's not an elf. She's a tiefling. Uh, <laughs> her name is Pressa Vono. Um, and I've been playing her for about... I'm gonna say like a year and a half. A year? She... Yeah, something like that. Uh, she is a monk paladin, actually. Uh, it is an interesting combination that I thought was a good idea story-wise, and it kind of is. It's just a little out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is from the... So we're playing uh, a kind of... Not loose version, but like kind of ignoring some of the stuff in... Princess of the Apocalypse. We started playing, we started playing the the module like outright, and then our our DM just kind of got a little. I don't know he he kind of got disillusioned. This not disillusioned, but like, uh, he was like, I'm gonna add other stuff in the background, and we're still gonna go through the story, but we're gonna do other stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. She actually, this campaign is not the first time that I played Pressa, she there was a prototype of her that was just a monk um in a game i played a couple of years ago uh with some friends from my college quidditch team uh we it was a murder mystery kind of thing and uh we were all guests at this um this dinner and the host dies and basically it was clue kind of it was an interesting, it was an interesting one, and uh, that's where she originally came from. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing about her was, well, well, actually, and that whole thing uh, is kind of how she starts adventuring in uh, *Prince of the Apocalypse*. Uh, so, the other campaign, or like her prototype, is is a dream that uh, Bahamut sends her. And then he sends her out on a mission to find the the real culprit of this, like, of the dinner, of the murder mystery dinner, who was, like, a powerful sorcerer, if I remember correctly. So that was whole, that was a whole, uh, the whole throughway of how the original adventure she's in is kind of still in her, the character. So that's a, that's an interesting one. She has a French accent, which I'm really bad at. <laughs> um, I'm really bad at this French accent. Um, I had when I first started playing her in that original, like, it wasn't really a one shot. It was like a couple of nights. I had the word saying the word Matthew mm-hmm. kind of worked, like, to get me into the into that um the headspace that kind of talk. Yeah, that kind of talk when she is French and uh, very polite. Um, but uh, it is it's hard for me to keep from going into like a pseudo russian accent because i'm much better at those i'm like mm-hmm. oh god so sometimes sometimes my my friends will be like did she just speak russian i'm like listen it's it's hard to keep a french accent okay <laughs> it that's i mean like with many of my guests or really and also myself it's tough to keep an accent uh, constantly it just wants to get away from you it's not worth 
it to me, but I am also the DM, so I have to differentiate between characters somehow. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so it was this dream through Bahamut that pushed her towards the paladin lifestyle? Um, yes and no. Like, she she grows up uh, with her parents in the uh, town of... Not Wa- she didn't grow up in Waterdeep. I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> she grows up in uh, Direford, actually which is south of Waterdeep, mm-hmm. if you know the map of the Sword Coast. Um, mm-hmm. Her parents are jewelers, and they worship whatever the D&D god of luck is, and I forgot off the top of my head. Um, I couldn't but, tell you either. Yeah. Um, but, no, she, she discovers the worship of Bahamut, like, through her, uh, her teacher in um, How to Be a Monk. So she finds this... Mm-hmm. Uh, out in the like hills near the village of Daggerford, she finds she's adventuring out one day as a little as a child, and she finds this um, blind half elven or blind elven man who is like this super jacked monk dude, and like he kind of takes a shine to her and teaches her uh, like his way of being a monk, which is actually a a custom class I found years ago called Way of the Iron Mountain, mm-hmm. which Basically, is just super defensive. Um, and he teaches her that and the worship of Bahamut. Through that is the kind of... Uh, the whole paladin thing when she meets... Um, one of one of her companions is a paladin of one of the dwarven gods. And he kind of, like, steers her... Not steers her in that direction, but, like, she keeps... She keeps seeing him do stuff through his god and like all that and kind of her uh one of her traits is that she is a folk hero uh and in long story short she fights this like shadow creature uh and it when she wakes up uh from this fight the wounds it inflicted on her are now like platinum dragon scales of like Bahamut. So it was one of those like oh. hey, I am communicating with you like kind of directly. So like mm-hmm. uh if you if you look at the art that I had uh made of her um the scales are under her eyes in a like a crescent pattern on the middle of her tail uh and it's obscured by her bracers but um they're on her forearms as well. Um so she's this purple tiefling woman with uh, dra- platinum dragon scales uh, all over her body in certain places. Uh, and that's that was one of the... It wasn't like supposed to be that way when it came to like why she has those dragon scales and all stuff, but it, it kind of lended itself to like her story of, yeah, she's a monk. She's a monk first, and really the paladin stuff is there because it makes sense to... Um, at least it made sense for me that she would at the very least get some power from Bahamut rather than just the scales. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually took a little inspiration from uh, uh, Tiefling goddess herself, Flora Bailey, uh, where uh, for Jester they had the whole thing where her her uh, hellish rebuke is actually, I think, cold damage. Uh, mm-hmm. So for Pressa, her hellish rebuke is radiant damage because of her scales, because of the influence of oh. Bahamut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting one. Yeah, like 
all of this, do you have any, uh, I guess since it's story-based, but paladins are notorious for, like, weapon usage, and monks maybe not so much. Do you have any crossover with, or rather, do those kind of clash heads sometimes, or are you doing just at fine with first, that? At first, she she wields the normal uh, the normal uh, monk stuff of, you know, a quarterstaff and her fists. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, her tail and horns and all that stuff, because she's a tiefling, so not utilizing those as a monk in your descriptions of how you fight is, you know, kind of yeah, doing a disservice. Well. Yeah, might as well. Um, but no, she, uh, um, at first I didn't give her a quarterstaff. Uh, so instead what she has now is her quarterstaff and her fists. Um, what I'm, what I'm aiming towards, uh, we have this, um, our, our game has a lot of like funky magic items and we, uh, our DM took a lot of inspiration from, uh, Adventure Zone. So we have like a, a fantasy gachapon style, uh, not to, uh, not exactly the fantasy Costco, but kind of more or less that. And there's a f- couple of weapons there that are actually really, they're like they're they're basically brass knuckles. So they would they would count as weapons when it comes to the paladin stuff of um, uh, divine smite, but mm-hmm. uh, haven't gotten those yet. They're still hand to hand. Mostly, yeah. It's uh, I I I don't usually use I don't use divine smite a lot. Uh, it's kind of a, a every once in a while thing. Uh, so it's it's mostly uh, the quarter staff only gets pulled out pulled out when when that's what I'm gonna do when when it's mm-hmm. when I'm clearly gonna do a, a divine smite. So she knew her parents. Uh, were her parents tieflings as well? Yes, her parents are a pair of tiefling jewelers. Uh, one is a one is I think her mother is what you'd expect from the normal like. Uh, you open the PHB and there's a red tiefling there. Like that's that's the coloration mm-hmm. her mother is. And then her father is like, uh, not pitch black, but like uh, her his skin coloration is like ebony. I don't know their names yet. <laughs> I've been playing this character for like a year and a half, and I don't have their names. <laughs> Admittedly, I don't think I knew my player or my characters parents names either <laughs> i mean most of the time they're dead anyway so yeah i 90 percent of the time it feels like i've just recently started having guests with parents uh so tell us a little bit about you uh, keep saying show your campaign tell us a little bit about it uh so i play on a in a on a what used to be a stream it's now just a basically youtube recording of our audio uh called miscreants and madmen um why it's called that i don't know the party is not called the miscreants or the madmen uh it's probably called the madmen because of the whole <laughs> prince of the apocalypse thing uh yeah but uh yeah we uh we used to do it um every other sunday uh on mixer but our schedules for everyone who uh who was playing were just so out of out of whack and just um really uh uh uh, just we couldn't schedule a game to save our lives, so uh, we kind of decided to just record it and release it on YouTube, just because that's mm-hmm. much easier. And uh, we didn't we didn't want to have people like waiting 
on on us on like a streaming platform. It was like, where are you guys? You know, so it was one of those decisions we made rather recently, actually. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. No, it's it's tough enough to get a group together just in person to play. I couldn't imagine trying to do it on a stream. Oh man, I've been trying um, to get a an in person group with some of my coworkers who are who like really want to play because they're newbies. I, I tried to get one for mm -hmm. my birthday back in November. We still haven't done it yet. <laughs> and like my other, oh, my no. non, my non streamed or not streamed, my non recorded game. Uh, we, we play every Tuesday more or less, but we've had, we've had months where we were just like, all right, we can't play for about a month and a half because our DM is super busy or a bunch of people are on trips or something, you know? Mm-hmm. We were pretty fortunate. Our group, we all worked together so we could roughly hash out a near weekly to two weekly schedule but then one by one like we started going to different jobs and stuff and those who are still at our old job are now usually pretty busy on the weekends while me and one of our other guys um we work weekly now and we're off on the weekends and now it's okay we never see each other now but we've been pretty fortunate to get the past couple of saturdays but it's it's miserable. I mean, that's kind of the theme, though. It's tough getting a group, an in-person group together. Scheduling is the real final boss. Yeah. <laughs> um, so where do you think Press is going to go? As far as, like, so she was Monk, she's turned to Paladin. Do you have a, not really an end game for her, but her, hmm. Normally I ask, like, what's level 20? press a look like but maybe we're not extrapolating that far after she finds who really killed the dinner host do you think she'll continue um so i think i, I can kind of answer the level 21 uh level 20 Pressa looks at like 17 monk paladin 3 um uh, and mm -hmm. paladin 3 i believe i was thinking of oath of vengeance because that's like where the story would lead her. Uh, so she's mm -hmm. trying to find this one like big bad sorcerer dude that Bahamut's like, you need to find him. Uh, so that would make the most sense. And then uh, after she finds him and like defeats him or whatever, uh, that really... <sighs> she would probably continue adventuring just because it's just what she likes to do. She... One of one of the things I've done recently with a lot of characters is they make maps. Like I take the cartographer's kit, mm -hmm. and like while Press's parents are jewelers, she's a map maker by trade. So her continue to adventure and like sell her maps would make the most sense, even if it's not even if it's very light adventuring rather than you know world saving stuff like Prince of the Apocalypse and all that jazz. Of course. Yeah. And, I mean, that was kind of how she started out, was she was just wandering outside of town anyway. I feel like she's she sounds drawn to adventure, like, I think many of us, or many of our characters, rather. Yeah. Um, she, uh... Because if they aren't, then... <laughs> yeah, then there's no reason to, to, uh, to start adventuring. I, I think uh, I saw, it was one of those, like, uh, one of those things that, uh... Liam O'Brien was talking about about all the like, you know why why are all the heroes so like tragic past and all that stuff? It's like well, because someone with a happy past might not might not just decide to up and leave. Yeah, they they stay home. 
Like, yeah. One of the funnier things. Poor to safe. Yeah. One of the funnier things actually that um, I was reminded of my I I reminded myself uh, for prepping for uh, your show was that I I I remembered that in the description that I put in D and D Beyond. <laughs> And forgot to give the artist who uh, who illustrated Fressa was that she has a lip ring, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I forgot this. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, I was like, oh man, this is a description I made so long ago, and I completely forgot. Who did who did the art? Uh, hold on, I'm gonna look that up because I had it and I forgot it. So Caitlin Bruder did this. Um, uh, if anyone is uh. If anyone uh, ever followed Geek and Sundry's um, Shield of Tomorrow, she was one of the like fan artists uh, for them. Uh, her Twitter oh. is at K-K-A-M-B-R. Sorry, K-K-A-M-A-B-R. Sorry. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I I commissioned Pressa from her a while ago, and it was, like, it, it was exactly how I pictured her. It was great. It was fantastic. Yeah, it's something that... Um, I think commissioning work one is vital to the D and D experience. Of course, not all of us are lucky enough to either know an artist or be artistically talented ourselves. Oh God, I couldn't really draw my way out of a paper bag. To Heroes Forge for really kind of doing a lot of the work for me in particular, um, because especially for like my family game that we were doing, not. My sister was the only one who was brave enough to really draw her character, so I would use the Hero's Forge to make my brother's character and then make a friend of mine's character just to like so that they have something to, I guess, use as their profile picture in Roll20. Yeah, and especially, especially now that so many games are theater of the mind rather than like actual minis and tabletop. Like having a mm. having any sort of representation for your character in your head is just like, uh, so so worth it and such a uh, uh easy step to buy into it. For instance, one of my characters, I know exactly what he looks like. I've always I feel like I've always known what he looked like. My other one, who, ironically enough, I can slip into easier and like play him from like right now. I could, I'm gonna go play as Arlo. It, I don't know what he looks like. I know pr- most everything else about him. Like, I know how he sounds. I know how he acts. But I, I, I'm still figuring out, like, what he looks like. Either, like, a Kenny Rogers type or, like, Ellis from Left 4 Dead 2. Like, I know that he's supposed to be Southern. Oh, man, Ellis is my favorite character. <laughs> I know, he's mine too. Like, and that's kind of who I based a lot of his habits on. And just that he's talking like 90% of the time. And usually in situations just stories you want, that you may, you may think are bullshit yeah, or may not. it's usually things that you want him to be quiet during too. Oh, God. Um, so, like, that... So Ellis wound up being a very good choice, but I keep thinking, like, do I want him to be older? Do I want him to be younger? I don't know yet. And I'm still figuring it out. Like, the other day I was thinking he might be an Earth Genasi, so go figure. I'm still working on him. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, just getting artwork commissioned or really just somehow having that picture in your head, like you said, especially in the day of theater of the mind, is vital. I don't see how people can't. If you can't go through something and then per, like have it play back almost like a comic strip in your brain, like 
that may be why some people or some of the folks who aren't <clears throat> getting 100% into it that may be uh that may be it they aren't able to imagine it yeah i like um, to think of it like the the comic strip more like um i i credit uh adam coble for this uh uh for when he used to do when he did um the like original like swan song and stuff on the on the jp channel he used to always be like in the tv show version of this this is what happens so he would like go in it and just kind of describe everything as if it was like a tv show storyboard and for me that's kind of how i i go through when it comes to like remembering things that happened it's like a tv show storyboard like uh mm-hmm. one of our last sessions Pressa basically had a daredevil hallway fight it wasn't a it wasn't like an actual hallway. It was like more of like a, 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 like a not a dining room, but like a, you know where like the pews are in a church, but like there were tables instead of yeah yeah, yeah. so that kind that kind of room, and like she just kind of went room to room beating the crap out of some goblins. <laughs> so like for me in my head it was like oh when I when I told someone about it, it was like, it was basically the daredevil hallway fight, and it was. Pressa and her friends like beating the crap out of some goblins. Which actually that that'll bring me to a what is either your favorite moment with her or what is her favorite moment of the current uh adventure that she's on? These could be two separate questions, it could be one question, just however you like to answer. Oh, for her, I think her favorite moment uh is outside of combat. She's uh she's very happy to like go around making maps and stuff. I think one of her favorite moments was an NPC was giving us like a really helpful map and Presta just kind of grabbed one of her map scrolls and pulled out a much better, like uh, a, a expertly made map of the area. And the NPC just went, Oh, Hey, that's really, that that's excellent craftsmanship. Uh, which is pretty, uh, which was very funny to me. Um, and I think mine was actually pretty early in the campaign. Um, it's kind of been a running gag, but um, one of the ways she dispatched uh, uh, one of the like bigger enemies in a, I think, a cave system we were going for was she uh, she drop kicked him, but because he was like bloody and bruised and beaten by everybody else, he like his I think I did like a ton like way more damage than needed, so our DM basically went, yeah, you drop kicked him mm-hmm. into a bloody pulp. Uh, and since then, <laughs> basically, uh, it's uh, it's a running gag where uh, Pressa, at the end of a fight that's been like a really long drag out fight or like something where it's been one big enemy and everyone's been pounding on them, the only person who gets any like uh, like blood splatter on them or anything is Pressa. <laughs> that's like the running gag. It's like the uh, the Dragon Age. <laughs> Uh, gore, uh, uh, switch. And it's like, oh yeah, but it's just on her. It's just on her. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Did you? Is Pressa built for uh combat, or rather, um, did you intend Pressa to just get into a whole bunch of combat? Yes. Uh, did you build her as a? Yeah, player, yeah she is. She is a a up close, and personal. Uh, just uh. Uh, she is a, I wouldn't say, no, no, she's an MMA fighter, basically. Like she nice. is, she is built to, 
she is built to beat the shit out of things and also take a, a small amount of punishment uh, <laughs> if she can, you know, if she can avoid uh, taking too many hits. Be preferable. Oh, yeah. And that that's kind of one of the reasons that um, when I was looking at uh, just stuff on uh, Reddit and Tumblr and Twitter and all those places where you can find, like, people posting their custom stuff, uh, one of the things that happens when you do... Um, way of the iron mountain is it it um it's like an automatic trigger when you use a key point for uh either patient defense step of the wind or something else that i can't remember off the top of my head but it basically you can choose one of three things and one of them is you are uh you you basically gain the barbarians uh like halving of damage Mm -hmm. for everything that's not psionic or psychic so Mm -hmm. that's one of the like survivability things uh uh built in so because you're already doing patient defense usually you're doing things that like they're hitting you at disadvantage and you also half the damage so so definitely built towards and also takes advantage from being in the thick of it oh yeah yeah she's she's definitely built to run up to somebody punch them real good and then possibly just kind of sit there while they flail and fail at hitting her Mm -hmm. kind of almost a tank but yes but she doesn't have the hit points of a tank yeah (laughs) yeah uh it's become kind of a running gag uh for key points where uh during process turn in combat uh our our dm will be like "Uh oh this this one creature has X amount of hit points. I wonder how many key points that'll that'll take. Because <laughs> man, Floria blows is good. It is. I I have only played with one monk. I've always been entranced with the idea of playing a monk because I really want to play like a like a hand to hand combatant. Um, but I haven't had a monk on the show. Like they seem to be in rare form. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I would have thought there's more monks out there in like the the uh, quote unquote tabletop or not the actual play space. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I know of maybe like one or two that are in that are that are not Marisha Ray and Beauregard. Um, so like, yeah, it's a little it's a little interesting that they don't get used as much. I think they get used more in like the Shadowrun space. Mm-hmm. So, I think they're more common there. I do think it's a shame. Like, it's a whole fighting class. Like, especially depending on how you can build it. Like, it's almost like it could be... Like, if you like Avatar The Last Airbender, this would be a pretty good one to lean into. As opposed to, like, or a Or One Punch Man. Yeah, One Punch Man. Just really... And even our... The monk that, like, I used to play with. She also was, like, this tanky... I mean, she would get in the middle of combat she's supposed to she's a monk i guess but she was a gnome and did not really have the health points for it either so i'm wondering if this is a monk trait or what because <laughs> we're like i oh, mean when your class physical combat she can get into it like go for it yeah i mean when your class is built to she go would. punch stuff you kind of have to go punch stuff i tend to try to play a a, a character that can either like at least throw a ranged heal every now and then so I usually try to keep my eye on her because I was like, well, if she falls, then 
that's it for my character too, probably. So keep uh, her yeah. up. Yeah, the monks. Uh, the it's fun. It it's fun to play. Like it's a lot of fun. Now, she, her, uh, you said, mentioned earlier her background was in folk hero. Uh, do you have like what? how she attained this status? Uh, yeah, so her folk hero background comes from defeating and like fighting off the creature that gave her the scars. Um, I think if I remember correctly, the, the story I kind of crafted was she's, uh, she's out in the forest with her mentor and like they hear like kids playing or something. And when they go to investigate, it's this, like, hulking mass of shadow and teeth and and stuff. And she basically, uh, she gets, like, beaten down pretty badly, but she also, like, takes it out. Uh, and then that's how she gets mm-hmm. the folk hero thing, because these kids are, like, raving about how she saved them and all that stuff. So, like, the, the, the village kind of raises her up as a local hero. And is this the shadow creature that, after waking up got her uh dream from bahamut yeah that's that's the uh the the same creature that gave her the scars that turned two scales do you think at any point she would have wanted to become a jeweler like her folks i don't know she how she how i pictured her when like she's a kid is she's like this pseudo tomboyish girl who is just out there you know going through alleyways and like parkouring over barrels and going through and like swinging off trees and stuff and trying to be adventurous. So I don't know. I, she knows like a small amount and she's like trained in it because her mother was not about to let her not learn, uh, some of her trade Mm -hmm. at the very least. But, uh, she's a much more skilled, uh, fighter and a uh, much more skilled map maker. So I don't, I don't think she would ever go back to being a jeweler unless like, unless her parents are like mm-hmm. older and ailing and they need someone else to do it. But even then I think it'd be, she'd be kind of hard pressed to go back. She might just suggest they close up shop or hire someone else kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, I don't think she'd purposefully go back to being a jeweler. Oh yeah, definitely not. And like live the, live the life her parents want to live. Mm-hmm. Was she a well-behaved child? At times, uh, she's she was well behaved, like in the home and all that stuff. But like when she went outside and they took her to places and you know the letting her roam around and kind of expose herself to the world, she's a uh, she was she was disciplined in in most cases, but it was more like that kind of thing where it's an adventurous child they're gonna go adventure no matter what kind of thing mm-hmm. um my uh as a as a more adult person she is like the the epitome of the nicest person you've ever met uh but uh she's very polite and respectful uh, to a degree mm-hmm. um but I, I i think that's more of <sighs> A mix of her upbringing and the, like, rigorous training and, like, uh, uh, what is it? Um, oh, what's the word? Like, discipline? Concentration mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, discipline, yeah. That it takes to be, like, in that in that peak physical form to be a monk kind of thing. Unless you're playing Drunken Master, which then, that kind of goes out the window. Are there any, like, final points, like... 
something you wish of Pressa or anything we haven't covered that you uh, that you wanted to cover or anything like that I'll cede the floor to you uh, I, I don't know I think um, really the only other thing we've covered is her relationship with her party and honestly her party is just uh, just kind of funny and, and kind of out there in, in a lot of places uh, her dwarven paladin friend uh, uh, is a dwarf named Heinrich and he's like a he's like an heir to a, like a rich mining company. So he's always like he always has business cards and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Dareth the accountant ranger. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's like her 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 the the person she likes the most and like her her biggest friend both literally and figuratively is our goliath barbarian thogak uh they they bond over being able to beat the crap out of things mm-hmm. um rather easily uh, yeah and then our cleric myra um they have an interesting uh relationship uh because of how close they both are to their deities mm-hmm. so that's a that's a fun one but um yeah, no, I think we've pretty much covered everything there is to know about one Miss Presavono. She's uh she's a she's uh one of my most dear and favorite characters currently cuz I've been playing her for so long and just kind of invested a lot into her. Mm-hmm. Um it's uh it's fun to play a monk. It's very fun to play her even if my uh French accent is very bad sometimes. <laughs> or I can slip out of it. Which is one of those things, because you mentioned earlier that like voices aren't the forte for a, a good amount of people, but like I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm tooting my own horn here, but I do. I'm pretty decent at voices most of the time, depending on you know, the scale of the voice. But like that French accent, it just eludes the hell out of me. Yeah, it. it there's either some that just fall naturally in someone's vocal cords, and equally there mm-hmm. are others that just won't stick. I. I can't yeah. stay in a British one, but I think it's inten- almost subconsciously intentional of just, like, my brain going, no, <laughs> stop this. Like, what are you, some, are you trying to be an eccentric middle schooler? No, get out of here. Like, so. Um, <laughs> so, you, we can find Miscreants and Mad Men on YouTube? Uh, yes. Uh, it We're still a pretty small channel, so it, it's actually better for uh, better to find us on our Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on our Twitter, which is at uh, MiscreantsDND, and it's D, lowercase n, D. Uh, and there ha- there is a link to the YouTube channel, but it's not a uh, it's not a big enough channel yet to have like its own name yet. So mm-hmm. uh, it's just you know YouTube.com/channel/ a whole bunch of random numbers of course, and yeah. letters. Um, yeah, I think I'll I'll have uh, I'll have our cleric, who's the one that runs the Twitter, uh, put a bit.ly in there for now until we actually get a name. <laughs> well, that does it for this episode of Tell Me About Your Elf. If you like what we're doing here, please check us out on Twitter. We're at T M A Y E Cast. Uh, I like to call it Tim A <laughs> Cast, which is nothing, but you know, that's just what I call it, I guess. Um, but it, let's see. Um, 
if you want to leave us a little review or send us a message or anything like that on Twitter, of course, if you don't mind doing a review on iTunes or really your podcast enjoyer of choice, then, you know, we'd really appreciate that here. Um, but if you want to uh, catch up or uh, hear Miss Pressa in her natural environment, her, the show again is Miss Grants and Mad Men. It's on YouTube. Uh, and if you want to follow them on Twitter, it's at Miscreants DND, as in the letters DND. Um, that's all we have for this week, and thank you for tuning in. Bye. Mm-hmm.